Are you ready? Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. All right, let's do it. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. I'm Jamie Markley. That's David Van Camp. There's Scott Robbins. A lot to get to today. Some disturbing stories, some uplifting stories, some stories that are just going to make you laugh. Where do you want to start, David? Uh, Yeah, well, I guess we can start in the state of Texas where the sheriff of Bayer County, Texas, that's where San Antonio is, uh, is recommending criminal charges related to uh, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, shipping a, uh, uh, what, 49 migrants to Martha's Vineyard. What? Yeah, it's not really clear who the charges will be against, but that has been whatever evidence they've collected since that happened has been forwarded to the DA's office, and they're going to be processing it. And Javier Salazar, the the sheriff of Bear County, he seems like a pretty nice guy. Like if you were just having a beer with him, you'd be able to get along pretty well. Okay, It's a bummer, man, to see this guy just become a complete tool of the Democrat Party. Because that's all this is. This is so stupid. Criminal charges for the Martha's Vineyard stunt. Yeah. But this from San Antonio. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. You look confused, Scott. Oh, I am confused. I got, everybody's <laughs> confused right now. <laughs> it's a political stunt, and I, I would just ask again the question, like after Alvin Bragg in, in, in New York indicted Donald Trump, where the hell are you, conservative county uh, sheriffs? The the left is not afraid to weaponize the the force of law, so play by their rules. Let's go. I guess, Come on. I guess that's true, yeah. Wow, that is really odd. Okay, so that's out there. And then this whole Joe Biden bribery allegation, okay? And to me, it's like, it's all right there for you. I know that legacy media is ignoring it, and a lot of people in the country don't even know anything about it. But we've known about these things for so long, it's yeah. just sort of a given. It's like, well, of course. But this is interesting audio with Jamie Raskin. Yeah, I think it is. So House Republicans yesterday came out and said the feds are actually actively investigating Joe Biden uh, related to these bribery allegations from when he was vice president. They're trying to get, uh, House Republicans are trying to get unclassified access to a form that details a particular set of allegations. The FBI won't hand it over because, according to Republicans, it's part of an ongoing investigation. And that's why uh, Republicans are going to be uh, holding a contempt of Congress hearing for the FBI director, Christopher Wray. Now, Democrat Representative Jamie Raskin tried to say that, hey, this matter's been closed. But that doesn't actually appear to be true. And listen to this dude scramble when the press that surrounded him. Mm-hmm. Tells him, hey, they're telling us that the investigation is still ongoing. What do you have to say about that, Jamie Raskin? Hmm. Okay, I, well, I, I, I'm not privy to what the chairman has to say. There have certainly been published reports that there is an ongoing investigation in Delaware by the U.S. attorney, I believe related to Hunter Biden. Um, so the FBI did not give you any indication that this document that you guys were briefed on today is part of an ongoing investigation? The... But, what I know is that the FBI... I'm satisfied with that answer. Whatever it was, right. I'm satisfied. I, yeah, you talk about the scramble. He he doesn't sound like a guy who was just handed a big, fat nothing burger. 
No, not at all. It's a big tell. FBI Department of Justice team under William Barr and Scott Brady in the Western District of Pennsylvania terminated the investigation. They said there were no grounds for further investigative steps, so they ended that. Now, in terms of another investigation, uh, you know, I can't speak to that. I have seen nothing about that and other mm-hmm. than, you know, public reports. Did the FBI say that today, though? So, I guess what we're asking, this document in particular, is it part, the, of, an is it part of an ongoing investigation? said that it was part of an ongoing investigation, and that's what he learned. Okay. Uh, but then I must have missed that because I have not heard that this is part of any ongoing investigation. Mm. You haven't heard that. I must have missed that part, is mm-hmm. what he says. Hmm. How is that possible? It isn't. That, that's a guy who realizes that Joe Biden may actually be in some deep doo-doo. I think so. I think that's the tell. Okay, keeping an eye on that. Another big story today. Out of nowhere, the PGA Tour has agreed to merge with the Saudi-backed rival Live Golf. <laughs> I thought the PGA damned them to hell. They did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the PGA Tour commissioner, Jay Monahan talked about last year any potential truce with Liv was off the table, that that wasn't going to happen. But then they released a statement today confirming that the PGA Tour and the Saudi Public Investment Fund, PIF, and along with what is known as the European Tour, the DP World Tour, reached an agreement with a goal to, quote, unify the game of golf on a global basis. And I heard Monahan talking about it, talking about, well, we're going to be able to grow this game more than ever before. And it, this is, you know, bringing all of these different opportunities that we've never had before. And I guess he's talking about the amount of cash oh, that's involved. It has to be because they're, I mean, you know the game of golf more than I do, but you've heard, you know, PGA said if you're with Live Golf, you can't be on the tour here uh, with PGA or whatever. And um, so it does seem like if you combine the forces you open up a huge market for talent all over the world the thing is (laughs) what the pga tour has done again over the last year and with you know commentators golf channel ignoring live golf saying all these bad things you know they took blood money you know all these people that defected and all that and i mean i could understand both takes on it but for the pga tour to do a 180 like that has a lot of people shocked yeah like you gotta be kidding me and then (laughs) and i forget who it was that shared because i remember trump talking about this because there's been a number of live golf events at trump courses and trump on true social was that july 18th of last year said all those golfers that remain quote loyal to the very disloyal pga in all of its different forms, will pay a big price when the inevitable merger with Liv comes, and you get nothing but a big thank you from PGA officials who are making millions of dollars a year. If you don't take the money now, you'll get nothing after the merger takes place. And only say how smart the original signees were. Good luck to all, and congratulations to really talented Cam Smith on his incredible win. Because <laughs> that would have been after the British last year. Cam Smith from Australia joined Liv along with Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka and D- Dustin Johnson, a bunch of, you know, big-name players. And then the narrative was, well, it's it's just not as prestigious as the PGA Tour, and it's like a second level. It's like these guys that are kind of has-beens. They don't have the game anymore until Brooks Kepka comes back and wins a major, 
you know, less than a month ago, and you had him competing at the Masters and Phil Mickelson, and this is just really interesting. Yeah. All of a sudden, the PGA Tour with a 180. Well, I mean, they who, who when they do the merger, I mean, did, did PGA get paid to merge with Live? Did PGA pay Live? I mean, how's all this work money wise? I don't understand it yet because it just broke. Mm. I don't understand all, all, all the, the moving parts mm. of it. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you the the real reason they went forward with this now is they did some exhaustive research with top minds in the industry, and they found out that blood money spends just as well as regular money. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> there is something to that. Well, maybe Jim Nance agreed to do both, and that finally went okay. We're, we're merging it. <laughs> I can't see that either. Yeah. It's really interesting, though. It, it is. It absolutely is. As I said before, all these upstart leagues, when they try to compete against the, the heavy hitters, mm-hmm. fail. And yeah. they fail because the talent isn't very good. Right. It's second tier, to say the least, the best talent. Yes. And it fails. In, in live golf, that wasn't the case, though. You just mentioned these these well, guys, I mean, they, tried to, they tried to frame it so it was some senior league or whatever. If you have, like, an upstart you know, sort of, well, say it's football, like yeah. the USFL, whatever it is. Oh, all of a sudden, what? You got Patrick Mahomes? Right. Yeah. You, exactly. You, you get some big names around there and say, oh, how dare you do this to the NFL? The NFL is all about purity. Right. And, and <laughs> just the love of game. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah. Please. So, yeah, more on that a little bit later. And then, David, you have a series of audio clips Dude. throughout the show today. And Scott doesn't know much about this. I certainly don't. But I know when you say something's going to be entertaining, it pays off. What is this about? The Atlanta City Council had a wild meeting last night. Went on for hours and hours and hours because people were showing up to protest a police and EMT, EMT training facility. Remember, we've talked about this before. This is where actual terrorists have destroyed equipment, shot at police officers in protest, left booby traps. They call themselves the Forest Defenders. They're saying, okay. oh, we don't yes. want to militarize police and we need to protect the forest and blah, 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 blah. And, they, <laughs> right. and they're willing to kill for it. They've made that pretty clear. Mm-hmm. Um, here's one lady who spoke at the meeting last night uh, voicing her concern over more police in the city of Atlanta because I think, according to her, black people have no choice but to commit crime. What? I think okay. that's it. And you'll understand why I say I only think that's what she's saying. All right. Are you ready to get your analysis hat on, Scott? I got it on, man. Let's go. Roll it. Me, somebody who, like, doesn't get police and punished all the time, doesn't do crimes, then, like, to me, and all the research from the thing, like, then to me, then, like, what I did have, like, what I'm thinking is, I had people who cared about me, and I had a safe and happy home. Like, I had people who wanted what's best for me, and I had, like, I never had to worry about anything. So, like, the people who do crimes, they're worried, and they don't have people to care for them. So, like, thank you. You want the crime rate to go down? I'm just saying. This is AOC's roommate. (laughs) I'm just saying, you're just saying what? I don't know. That was in English. Uh, I didn't grow up at a home or somebody didn't that cared about them, but I did, so I didn't commit crimes, but they have no choice. But, like, all the research, like, from, like, the thing is my favorite part. From the thing, you know? Yes. Such as, okay. Academic academic (laughs) journal. The thing arrived. Yeah, Joe, oh, great. Joe Biden's over there listening to it and saying, damn, she's good. <laughs> also knowing she's going to vote for me. Wow, that's outstanding. Can't wait to hear more from that city council meeting. Okay, uh, did you know it's Pride Month? 
full court press what? is on. And, and drag isn't a sexualized performance. We'll hear that next. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, so drag is not a sexualized performance? Yeah. A, uh, really? Yeah, a Portland drag queen who calls himself Poison Waters has no idea why people would object to having drag performances in front of kids. No idea. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this okay. was on. This was on KGW, where he uh, objected to the groomer accusation. Okay. I think that's the most bizarre thing because the folks that are saying that are the ones that have put that in their mind and put it out in the universe. I, no Drake could ever admit thought there was. There's nothing sexy about this Laurel. This is the most uncomfortable I ever am. <laughs> there's there's nothing I don't think appealing about any of this in that way. It's just the furthest. So it's just your focus to the world, just mm-hmm. the ones you know. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking for everybody. Mm-hmm. Okay. Got thing it. from any of our mind we're you know characters we're like clowns we, you know we're here to have fun we want to educate people entertain people drag was never in, we're not scott you love clowns no i don't you've been scared <laughs> of clowns since you were a yeah kid. but I, about, but you've never you know been around a drag clown no i would go in a bouncy house with a clown before that guy <laughs> <laughs> We're not, it's not this big master plan. Oh my gosh, we can't wait to go perform for children. That's just wacky. I don't even, the people who think that are the ones that are, you know, accusing. So I'm like, wait, why, where did you even come up with that? You came up with that. We didn't come up with that. No, that's been around for a while. No, yeah. I mean, there, there was a push at some point to have drag queen story hour. Correct. I mean, uh, well, they're still having it. I mean, right. I yeah. mean, and it wasn't. It wasn't just somebody who one day said, "You know what? I'd like to have come read to the kids a drag queen." Right? There were there was an organization that was formed, and they said we would like to go read to children. Correct. And then that has blossomed into all out drag shows, burlesque slash, you know, strip teases where you got little kids putting dollar bills and g strings of dudes. Mm-hmm who for some reason want to shake their weens in front of children. That's where that comes from. I don't know anything about this particular individual. Maybe he does just want to have fun, you know, dressing up in feather boas and whatnot. Not my cup of tea, but that's fine. It's America. You can do that. The point is, though, is that the phrase, (laughs) it's not going to lick itself, got into the public consciousness because of a drag performance that was done in front of children. I've seen the clown thing, can you know, bring them together, and then you would have Shaky the Ween. <laughs> as far as I know, that's a new word on the show. Yeah. Weens. 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 Well, yeah. David Van Camp. I, I know. I, trying I, to go with something that's not offensive, well, but yeah, accurately described. We know what that means. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Come in packages of six or 12. <laughs> <laughs> you know, a story we'll get into a little bit later is this civil rights attorney that has been fighting for the rights of gay people since the 90s and is now saying, okay, hold on a second. This whole TQIA plus is where it went completely overboard. And this is where you've lost people. And he is saying, make no mistake, this is now trying to groom kids. And that has to be stopped. And there's been a lot of talk about gays against groomers. And if you follow them on social media, they point out a lot of different things that I don't think the, quote, community really wants out there. Mm. But I think it goes to the point you brought this up. I don't know how many times, David. There are so many people (laughs) 
I guess you would say in that community, gay people that have fought for gay rights for so long have seen that whole movement be taken hostage over the last, what, say five years Mm -hmm. by the T quotient. And it's unrecognizable. And now they are fighting against it. And the media never talks about, you know, that huge war going on in the, quote, community. But it's happening. That's where it started. Gays Against Groomers started, right? Yes, I think so. It's like, hey, this doesn't speak for us. We're not down with this, right? Yes. They don't speak for us. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Uh, On a lighter note, I happened to see this. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, They polled people and asked, hey, what... What's something that people think they're good at, but they're not? Oh, gosh. <laughs> and they did a top ten on this. Oh, hey. Oh, yeah. We don't really don't have time for a game right oh, now. Oh, darn. <laughs> Do you want a game out of this? Well, I got a good number one answer if I get to go first. I'll tell you what. Okay. We have time for this. We can go two guesses each. Okay. Okay, okay top wins. Can I go David, first? No, you can't. Gosh, dang it. You have to win first. He's going to take mine. I can tell you right now. Go I ahead, don't know. Uh, Good at, uh, at uh, kissing. Good or at that kissing. Activity. Yes. Um, uh, no. It's not in there. No. So, I mean, this is wide open right now, Robin. It's wide open? Okay. I'm going to go singing. That's number five. Oh, so that's a six-pointer. That would be higher than okay. that, but okay. Okay. To Van Camp. Driving. Driving is number two, oh, which is a nine-pointer. It's do or die right here, Robbins, for the win. You have a chance right now. Parenting. Parenting. That is number six, which makes that a five-pointer, and Robbins with a steal 11 to 9. But it's not an official game. (laughs) <laughs> what? There's an asterisk? We didn't have the theme. I finally win, and no, I get an won, asterisk. you won. I'll Gosh. give you the whole uh, thing. Right. You're good. No, That's you nice. won. You won, parents. Was, there you go. I was going to say like podcasting next. <laughs> <laughs> I'll finish out yeah, the that, top that's 10 a good guess, actually. Yeah. in a minute, and we'll get to our news update next. The Markley Van Camp Robin Show. Thank you so much for being here, as always. I'm Jamie Markley. The Gen Xer, David Van Camp, the Millennial, the Sexy Boomer, a new champion, Scott Robbins. Thank you. Um, yeah, get to a news update in a second. Real quick, if you're just joining us, we were talking about, <clears throat> it's from Ranker, the top things people think they're good at but aren't. And yeah. we had a little game. It was just, you know, real quick. I was joking when I said it wasn't official. Robbins won. Thank you. Good job, man. Yeah. Um, the one answer that was not named that was number one for things that people think they're good at it but aren't is being a good listener. Hmm. It's interesting. We mentioned driving. Then there was staying out of drama. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I laugh at that one because everybody, I, have you ever gone through some of these personal ads somewhere and you just flip through them and, and see some? Nobody, have you ever done that, Scott? Everybody says, no drama. I don't want any drama. Uh-huh. Everybody says that. Well, where's the drama coming from? <laughs> it's got to be coming from somewhere because none of you do it. Yeah. Uh, Being humble, number four. Mm. Then it was singing, parenting, being honest, giving good advice, looking cool, and communicating. Hard to be honest and give good advice at the same time. (laughs) Do you think you give good advice, Scott? I don't get asked for to give advice very often. 
Got it. But when I do, I try to be truthful and heartful about it. Yes. It's good. Purposeful. Yeah. You give advice to everybody. <laughs> people always seek you out. You're some kind of Yoda to a bunch of people. I thought you were saying that I just give it. Even no, when no, no, no. They, they come to you, man. They did come to you. You, you are. You're... Well, when you've made as many mistakes as me, they're like, all right, you've made that mistake. How would you not do it next time? Now, how'd you something handle like it, that. and what would you do differently? Yes. Yeah, probably something mm-hmm. like that. Okay, let's get to this story out of New York. Uh, great idea, because we've got this yeah. huge illegal immigrant problem, millions of people in the United States. It's time to open up your home. Okay. No, it's spare not. Room. You no. got a spare room. No, nope. I, I, I love this idea here. New York uh, City Mayor Eric Adams wants to start sending migrants into people's homes. You will be compensated, of course. But uh, he says, hey, we got a lot of people with spare bedrooms. Oh, okay. Step up then. Go it ahead. is my vision uh, to take the next step to this, to go to the faith-based uh, locales, and then move to uh, private residence. Uh, there are residents who are suffering right now because of economic challenges. They have spare rooms. Uh, they have locales. And if we can find a way to get over the 30-day rule and other rules that government has in, in its place, we can take that $4.2 billion, $4.3 it may be now, that we potentially have to spend, and we can put it back in the pockets of everyday New Yorkers. <laughs> yeah, bed and breakfast, everybody's house. Yeah. Well, I mean, where's AOC on this? Boy, that's a great question. You know, she's got an opportunity to step up in a big way. Because she's got to have a spare room, right? I would think. Of course. Absolutely. She's not in New York, though. Oh, she does have residency there, though. But no, she lives in Washington. How much money are we talking about? I I, See, that's the thing. I don't know. Yeah, devil's in the details on that part. Oh, yeah. I mean, I take in a roomie. Because everybody's got a price. I asked the PGA Tour. Yeah. They'll tell you. Just merge it with Live Golf. I mean, all of a sudden you're like, well, I don't want to just open up my home. I, we'll give you $75,000 per right. month. Oh, really? Now, do I get to pick who comes to stay? And do I mean, I are, the right are, we ta- to- are we talking about, you know, like a young family here? Or are we just talking about dudes? Well, all, most of them are dudes, single dudes. Th- yes, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So do you get to pick or we just have a lottery system? What does that mean? Right, can I kick them out if it's not working out? <laughs> Am I able to? <laughs> Just, Probably not. They made a illegal immigrant foster system in New York. Yeah. Yeah. Well, remember, you know, all the video we saw from the hotels where people who were here illegally stayed. Yeah. It looked like they may have abused their privileges just a little. Uh, yeah. well, what do you mean? Just because they were using drugs in the hotel and destroying stuff like they were a roadie for the who. <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're just coming here looking for a better life, man. Yeah, the roadie for the who paid for Boost the room, bottles, though. That's the difference. Yeah. Beer cans oh, everywhere. Up and down the in the alleyways and also in the aisles of these of the uh, places they were living. Yes. Oh, yeah. It was like a bunch of dudes like, hey, here's an adventure. We get there. We get to live like rock stars for a while. Woo! Yeah. We get to get it on in staircases. <laughs> Just like the rock stars. I can't wait to see if anyone actually says, yeah, let's do that, and how much money it's actually going to be. Golly. Jeez, can you imagine that? Well, I mean, I've certainly known of people that have taken in refugees, that sort of thing. Yeah. Okay, (laughs) depending on who we're talking about that came into the country, not exactly going to qualify as a refugee. Right. Okay. Well, I got a bad one here. Uh, That was from that gang (laughs) from El Salvador. Didn't, Didn't bargain for that. 
Well, I've looked at your resume. Apparently, you have some success in the uh, drug play, drug play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, one person had made the point. A lot of the people likely to sign up for this program if they have a spare room are are like widowers and widows. Oh boy, you have like older people with these young dudes. Mm. That's not yeah, a recipe for disaster, not at all. Yeah. And what happens if something happens to one of the migrants while they're there? Can they sue you? Oh, probably. Jeez. Yeah. Who knows? All right. It's that time of the show. Going around the uh, table. See a lot of stories out there. May not be the biggest story, but it caught your attention. Today, David, what's your story? Oh, man. Uh, So PETA got mad at Pete Davidson uh, because he bought a dog instead of adopting one. There was a video or a photo that he posted of him with his current girlfriend, and they're going and they're buying uh, a little dog. Uh, What's it called? A cavapoo? A little fluffy animal cute okay well PETA, the senior vp of cruelty investigations described this decision to purchase a puppy from a store instead of adopting one as tragic this oh, is horrible goodness. that's what Why? she said during a, you can't adopt don't shop and generally i i kind of agree with that i don't know if it's tragic to go buy somebody but they're you know fighting against puppy mills whatever without knowing anything about the particular shop We don't know that this came out of a puppy mill or anything like that. Well, Pete Davidson put out a very to-the-point message uh, saying, Hi, my name is Pete Davidson. This message is for Daphna. Thank you so much for making comments publicly that I didn't adopt a dog. I just want to let you know I'm severely allergic to dogs, so I have to get a specific breed. I'm only not allergic to cavapoos and those types of dogs. And my mom's bleeping dog, who was two years old, died a week prior And we're all so sad, so I had to get a specific dog. So why don't you do your research before you bleeping create news stories for people because you're a boring, tired bleep. Wow. Bleep you and S my D. Wow, man. (laughs) All of a sudden, Pete Davidson has Scott Robbins admiration. He channeled me. That's something, man. I'm Man. guessing, too, I'll go ahead and ask it for Robbins. His new girlfriend is probably attractive. Smoking, you know that. Oh, Smoking yeah. notes. Yeah, well, no, he's no a, question. He's the Forrest Gump of getting hot Hollywood tail, man. He absolutely is. You know what? <laughs> I got This is an update from an old story. I had bet my oldest daughter that Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian would not stand the test of time. So that came to pass just a few days ago that they would be married i think by june of 23 she was saying she actually like venmoed me the cash (laughs) she paid her bets wow so i'm hoping she will be an inspiration to you two fellas Mm -hmm. that are a little delinquent in your payments (laughs) from the betting that we do just bringing it up i'm still you know i'm still a hot gambler hoping that double or nothing works out (laughs) for me (laughs) all right scott what's your story today Uh, my story is i i don't normally look forward necessarily to things they tell me i should look forward to because generally speaking it's a letdown Uh, but Rand paul's coming out with a new book and damn i am looking forward to it oh this book will be all about the fauci cover-up and you know this is going to be a marvelous book when it comes out don't you i bet it is man i mean it's got to be man it's page turning i'm sure all the way through uh, this is just an excerpt from it. From day one, January 30, 31st, 2020, former director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, was conspiring with fellow viral- virologists to cover up. He knew that one of the world's leading advocates of gain-of-function research he's been for the last decade. 
He's quoted as saying that gain-of-function research is so important that even a pandemic, even if it does break out, it'll be worth it. He's been an advocate for a decade. He was an advocate to, and the architect of funding the lab of Wuhan. So he knew damn good and well at the very beginning this was a leak from the lab. That's just a piece of what's in this book. Wow. Mm. I am so looking forward to reading this. I'm not going to sit here and pretend I know everything because I don't. I, I don't know anything about virology or the Wuhan lab or any of that. But he's going to spell it out for you. And it's all in a book. Very good. And, you know, this, if this isn't going to be some sort of documentary afterwards. And then I'll ask the question. And I, you know, hate to sound doomsday. I know. But does it matter if half the country never even hears about it? Uh, no. Doesn't matter. You know, you're right. It really doesn't. That's what's so frustrating but because, damn, I mean, we've man. been doing this for a few years now. Like, I can't wait for this to come out, and then people will know the truth. But if legacy media and, you know, a lot of social media won't allow the message out there, right. have people don't even know what happened. I mean, we've just started to peel this onion. Yes, absolutely. Man, oh, man. I agree. Uh, for my story, and this was from Daily Wire, uh, Nike is marking Pride Month. Really? Uh, Yes, with a doctor who does kids' gender surgeries. This is from a leaked email that Nike is celebrating Pride Month, hosting a panel discussion with a surgeon who said he performed gender-affirming mastectomies on minors. Okay, this used to be a big cover-up, and you've said it many times, David. At first it was, this isn't happening. Yeah. And then it's, okay, it's happening, and it's a good thing. Yeah. And that's sort of where we are. And this email begins by stating, this year's theme is Together We Are Undeniable. The LGBTQIA plus community continues to fight for equality, their fight to be themselves. I want to pause for a second. When you hear that language, what does it mean to you? What it means is it's their fight to make everybody else conform to their mental illness. That's what it is. I think the same thing. And it's a tremendous cash grab. Well, and again... uh, cannot stress it enough i i, I want to leave the lgb out of that uh, alphabet soup i'm not i understand why i'm not talking about gay people wanting to force any i'm talking about the activist class and specifically the trans activist class and the people who think that mutilating children is something loving and important and if you object to it you're a bigot yes well you know what i'll go ahead and play a piece of audio now because to me, it goes along with his story. And this is Chris Beck, the retired Navy SEAL. May have heard of him before. He's talked about, he detransitioned. He transitioned to be a woman and then detransitioned. And has a message for parents, especially right now. Well, my message would be mostly to parents. So the parents just need to start looking at all data. So I was in mental health counseling for my graduate degree here at a university where I live. And uh, so I was learning all the procedures. I was learning all about, you know, human development, you know, from birth all the way through up to 25 years old, you're still developing your brain. So the thing is, is that when you're going through these courses, they're, they're coaching you and they're coaching you on what to say to parents and they're not showing all the data. So one of the biggest pieces of data that they're missing right now is that 80% of the kids who are going through gender dysphoria or gender confusion while they're before puberty and during puberty, 80% of those kids are corrected or will get rid of all that gender confusion by the time puberty is over. 80%. Okay. And I know we brought that up several times. 
to me it has a little more weight when it is a person that detransitioned and says mm-hmm. this is the marriage the message to parents yeah and other you know studies have said it's higher than that but the full core press that's on is no you have to do the gender affirming care now or you're killing kill yourself herself whatever yes yeah either that or your kid will die that's that's it that's the argument yes either you do this or your kid will kill himself and then he goes on in that conversation to talk about yeah some of these surgeries i mean a hundred thousand dollars upwards of four hundred thousand dollars for one surgery and you have a patient for life because they have to keep going back and the financial end is a huge part of that so i'm glad he's out there you know saying what he's saying we also don't know about the health complications 10 20 years from now. you don't we don't know well and you do know they're not gonna be able to have kids no it's just absolutely awful what's happening all right much more to get to can't wait for david to bring this story in about spotify have to cut jobs because harry and megan's podcast failed <laughs> yeah next do it the Markley van camp and robin show jamie markley david van camp scott robbins uh-huh. you guys hear the new uh Harry and Megan podcast? Really Maybe not. <laughs> Nobody else did either. <laughs> Whew, what's the story? Oh, yeah. So Spotify is set to slash a further 200 jobs now after Prince Harry and Meghan Markle's highly publicized audio deal failed to rake in the expected cash. Uh, the expected cash. Uh, they got $25 million from Spotify in 2021. <sighs> And, well, well, apparently the podcast wasn't doing that well, and I guess it was Meghan Markle's mainly the, the what is it called, yeah. archetypes. Yes. Uh, they, paid, right. they paid her $18 million for the archety- archetypes podcast that was launched last summer, and it, it initially had good numbers because people were curious about it. And then mm-hmm. all of a sudden... In spite of all the advertising, in spite of all of the promotional push that they put on that thing, yeah, got down to about twenty uh, second in their podcasts, which is dismal. That's brutal. Yeah, all I can think too is this is happening, and you've got again hundreds of jobs lost because this thing failed. The full court press that was on to get Joe Rogan fired from Spotify. Yeah, such a big deal, and. I think all we were saying at the time is whether you like him or not, the guy's trying to tell the truth and his own story, the whole thing with the vaccine. And you think about it in retrospect. Well, he was using horse paste, horse dewormer. Yeah. Dude, that drug won a guy a freaking, what, Nobel Prize? No. What is it called? Was it the Nobel Uh, Prize? I think it was a Nobel Prize. Yeah, Yeah, I thought so too. Yeah. It's used all over the world. It still is. In medicine, yes. But you, he was crazy for taking it. And then I think about, you know, well, Prince Harry at the big Vax campaign. Do you remember this? This pandemic will not end unless we act collectively with an unprecedented commitment to our shared humanity. The vaccine must be distributed to everyone, everywhere. Oh, really? We cannot rest or truly recover until there is fair distribution to every corner of the world. That one didn't age so well, now did it? No. This is the Mark Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. We just become best friends. Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. The Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins, thank you for being here. There's a lot going on. I saw a headline, New York City unveiling a vending machine for drug users with free crack pipes and Narcan for ODs. Oh, there you go. That's going to solve problems. Keep enabling in the name of harm reduction. It's worked so well elsewhere. Wow. Um, And we have a Democrat that is calling Martha's Vineyard a remote island? (laughs) Yeah. What? Yeah. Where's that from? So... So the news is, is that uh, the Bear County, Texas sheriff, uh, that's uh, San Antonio, uh, Javier Salazar, has recommended criminal charges related to the state of Florida financing a flight of 49 migrants from Texas to Martha's Vineyard. Who cares what you say about anything? Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. This is absurd. Um Anyway, uh, Joaquin Castro, Democrat uh, representative, said, quote, Governor DeSantis used fraud and deception to lure vulnerable people from San Antonio and dump them in a remote island community that scrambled to care for them. <laughs> a remote island <laughs> It's not like the lost tribe of Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> well, they just had, ate nothing but coconuts and figs. Right. <laughs> Well, it is, man. It's like Survivor it 27, yeah. Martha's Vineyard. <laughs> Not shipping and, them and out. They, to... got, they got kicked off the island. And they, All yeah, of them. They did. They got voted yeah. off the island. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> By the cashmere crowd. Yes. Lost Not till after everybody challenge became, possible. became yeah. Amish and started baking cakes and breads and things <laughs> for them. <laughs> For about three days, yeah. Here, I brought you some muffins. They were actually made by my housekeeper. You might know her. Wow, man. Martha's Vineyard, Remote Island. Remote Island. (laughs) How about that, huh? Funnier ones of the day. Golly. Okay. Um, I happened to see this last night. This is interesting. Remember UPenn, Leah Thomas, trans swimmer, huge story. Seemed to be ignored a lot by legacy media. Now... You have someone that was on that team that has gone public. Yeah. Uh, Leah Thomas, this is the guy who says he's a woman and wound up swimming on the University of Pennsylvania's uh, women's swim team. One of his teammates was featured anonymously in that Daily Wire documentary called What is a Woman with Matt Walsh, where they're Mm -hmm. looking at this gender ideology insanity. Uh, She is now going public. Her name is Paula Scanlon. Uh, She did another interview with Matt Walsh and said that the athletics department at Penn uh, threatened the women on the team in order to shut them up. We're not going to go down the road of criticizing a teammate, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. The story goes like this as the setup here before you'll you'll hear from her. Uh, One of her teammates actually went to have have a meeting with a department head to say, hey, we got concerns about what's going on. Uh, the women don't feel safe because, well, he's an intact male that's parading around, and th- this is an invasion of women's spaces. Well, then the the teammate who initially complained comes back and talks about how it's groundbreaking. I mean, she's been effectively bullied into buying into this nonsense. And then two days later, there was a full team meeting called. Okay. 
Roll it. And notably, Leah was excluded from this meeting. They said, don't talk to the media. You will regret it. Uh, Is that a direct quote? You, yep. you will regret it? Yep. Uh, another thing they said is, Leah swimming is a non-negotiable. Um, and then they provided us with counseling services to help us be okay with um, to help us be okay with Leah swimming. And then after that meeting, they really scared us. It was scary. And I, and I was petrified. I went home that night and I called my brother on the phone and I said, can I even talk about this with you? Like, am I, is there something wrong with me for thinking that this is wrong? It, whatever, like, it worked. Oh my gosh, man. Holy just smokes. Pause the audio for a second. Wow. That is the gaslighting. Wow, dude. Holy cow, man. You start to question yourself. Like, am I the crazy one? The freaking mafia. There's got to be lawsuits on that, man. Okay, here's the rest of the quote. The university wanted us to be quiet, and they did it in a very effective way. Like, they continued to just tell us that our opinions were wrong and that if we had an issue with it, we were the problem. And it's frightening, and your future job is on the line and everything else you want to accomplish. So, of course, it worked. And then after that point, no one would talk about it anymore. All right. I have a couple of different reactions. What's yours, David, when you heard it? Well, mine is shame on Penn. Shame on them. And I think, you you know, if I'm trying to give the benefit of the doubt, I can turn around and, and try to make the argument, devil's advocate here, that maybe what they meant by you will regret it is that they knew that the, you know, trans radicals would be coming down on them because they have. Look at Riley Gaines. Yes. Uh, gets assaulted, gets chased into a room just because she gave a speech that some people didn't like. Um, mm -hmm. So in that way, if that was the tone, like, listen, we got a problem here. If you speak out against it, we can't protect you. But even then, my benefit of the doubt for Penn goes away because, again, shame on you. You should be protecting those girls. You should tell them, listen, if you're not comfortable with this, we're going to back you. Right. Listen, we have to let Leah Thomas swim or whatever, you know, whatever garbage you want to put out there. Uh, you can say, hey, look, we're trying to protect ourselves from lawsuits or whatever it is. And even then, I still think that's garbage. But right. But if one of your uh, one of your swimmers has a problem, has an objection to a man invading her space, you should back her. You should protect her when she speaks out. Yeah, if you're so sure of what you're doing and you're so positive that it's affirming, then why would you caution someone to say anything? You know, I, I mean, if, if what so you're doing is 100% right, there wouldn't there yeah. would be no objections, right? You remember when people were at the time were saying, well, her teammates have no problem with it. Yeah. Well, that's not true. It was it was absolutely were, not true. They, they and I was talking about my daughter silent. at the yes. time on a college swim team and her and her teammates would talk about how crazy the whole thing was. And the other thing, that, and I think Riley Gaines has made this point. Well, she did. She called out different, you know, women icons of sports. Where are they with this entire story? To say, hey, this is BS. You got to protect women. How dare you put them in that type of a situation? The biological male. Are they gaslit too, or are they just seeing dollar signs? The likes of Serena Williams. No, it's not. It's never going to affect them professionally. That's right. just you're and absolutely right. Yes. There's only a financial downside to speaking out. Yes. Cowards. That's where they're the, cowards. The, the pink-haired soccer player. That's why Ooh. I, I Pina. laugh every time I yeah. see that commercial of Serena Williams dressed as Wonder Woman. <laughs> like, no, you're a coward. Oh yeah, 
It's well, every piece of marketing with Serena, yeah. she has to be the champ. I mean, they even have her in the caddy shack where she makes the putt. Mm-hmm. Please. We get it. She's great. Yeah. But she's not going to stand up for other women. But she's still a female icon. Put her in a lab coach, she'll split the atom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> she did that? Well, the left man, I mean, take over the universities, the financial institutions, the media, tech. I mean, you see it all play out right now because <laughs> I know we've said this many times. There are people in the country that still can't believe that even happened. Well, the only female the athlete of Pennsylvania. I know that said anything is Billie Jean King. Did she say something? Yeah. I know Martina Navratilova did. I believe Billie Jean did as well. But they've retired, so it doesn't matter to them. Wow. Okay, moving on. David has had a series of pieces of audio from an Atlanta City Council meeting last night. Yeah. And it does not disappoint. No, uh, the Atlanta City Council had this meeting last night. It went on for several hours because people were showing up to protest a police and EMT training facility. We've talked about this uh, several times. Uh, They're calling it Cop City, and you have actual terrorists. They're being charged as domestic terrorists because, well, they've done terrorist stuff. Yes. And uh, they've destroyed equipment, shot at police officers, left booby traps behind So, uh, with the intent to hurt or kill somebody. Um, now, one lady showed up to the hours-long marathon meeting in Atlanta and decided to sing a song. I, I don't know if this is going to be topping the iTunes charts anytime soon, but it's entertaining. Okay, roll it out. We are taking care of each other. We are fighting for clean water and land and housing and food and education and jobs. Stop. Hold on. We're, we're not even halfway there yet. Through this. And education and jobs and reparations and, and whatever else I want. Mm-hmm. I'd like my grandson to call me once. <laughs> Now, Scott, as a former yeah. Top 40, not only DJ, but program director yeah. back in the day, uh, how is the rhythm of that? Does it have the right beat for no, you? No, it's terrible. It, okay. It's Check. obnoxious and bad, and, but somebody told her it was great, and you should do it. <laughs> Are you ready for the last, uh, I don't know, 16 seconds? Sure. Roll it. And health care and joy and love and community and joy, and we're dreaming of a world where we all live free. She repeated joy twice. Yeah, there. So I she thought, did. I oh, double the joy. <laughs> I got it. All right. Okay. We're going to stop Pop City and build the world that we want to live in. <laughs> you can't build anything. Shut up. <laughs> you know. Please. You have to hire somebody to build it. The only thing missing is the we shall overcome by the Congress critters. <laughs> <Right. laughs> it's the only thing missing. <laughs> if you want, I think I could dial that up if you want. <laughs> it's awesome. We will overcome! <laughs> the flip side. Dude, now I've lost Freaking the reference what, if to you Texas listen, Democrats. Hang yeah. on a second. Yeah, yeah, what were they yeah. even singing about? That was, it was something ridiculous. That was Remember when there was an election integrity law being debated? It was a special session in the state of Texas. Yes. And a bunch of Texas Democrats decided to, to leave uh, the state uh, in protest to deny a quorum so that the bill wouldn't pass. And then they That's went right. to Washington, D.C. to protest such horrible Jim Crow 2.0 <laughs> measures like... 
voter ID legislation. <laughs> and, and then they spread COVID all over the plane. That's yes. right. Yeah, yeah that's they did. right. Yeah, they remember did. they actually yeah. remember they had the <laughs> they had the case of beer in the in, it was yes. they were on a booze cruise in the, on the yes. bus on the way to the plane. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's we, so we, that's so awesome. And love and community <laughs> and joy and we're dreaming of a world where we all live wow. free. Right. <laughs> okay, pack it in. America had a good run. Yeah, what he got through is spinning in his grave like a lathe right now. <laughs> All right, much more to get to. Man, one of the big stories today came out of nowhere. PGA Tour merges with the Saudi-backed rival Live Golf. That and much more coming up right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Well, there's big news earlier that the PGA Tour and Live Golf merged. And at first, I'm like, you know, I like golf a lot, and I'll watch some golf. Um, but I don't know how much it interests, you know, the masses, as they say. And when David says to me, I think it's a pretty big story. Like, mm-hmm. okay, we should probably talk about this. Um, I mean, from you guys just being, say, casual sports fans, golf fans, whatever, what was your understanding to begin with with the PGA Tour and Live Golf? Well, I, I thought it, they were rivals. They were, I mean, leadership at the PGA said in no uncertain terms when this whole thing was getting formed that any anybody who goes and competes there will not be welcome on the PGA Tour. Uh, I think it was the commissioner who said something to the effect of, oh, what, what, was, what were the words? You never have to feel guilty playing in the PGA. Right. Because Liv is the Saudi-backed venture and yes. Saudi Arabia not exactly great with the whole human rights thing. Exactly. No, they, they said it's blood money. Yeah. There's blood on your hands, golfers, if you take that money. So, okay. Then you had, like, the Golf Channel and different golf broadcasters, certainly on the side of the PGA Tour. Yeah. Before this merger happens today, which came out of nowhere. I don't know of anybody that was totally expecting it outside of Donald Trump, who predicted it last July. Mm-hmm. And so, Brandel Chambly, who is an outspoken host on the Golf Channel, says what's on his mind. He's been controversial. And, you know, he had said, Live Golf is not so much a sports entity as it is a Saudi Arabia trying to hide their atrocities and launder its reputation by buying sports stars. Any yielding to or agreement with them is a deal with a murderous dictator. That was sort of the take. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he was very critical of the players that went to Live Golf. Mickelson and Brooks Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Cam Smith, all these guys, right? Um, so after this happens today, you know, a lot of the people that are following this, like, man, everybody that defected to live golf and got paid, it paid off for them mm-hmm. because Kepka, Dustin Johnson, Phil Mixon, it was all over a hundred million dollars, just guaranteed guys on the PGA tour. Don't make that kind of money. And it's still, if you miss a cut, you don't get paid right. sort of thing. Um, so after everyone was outspoken, and Chambly was really critical of those guys, especially Kepka. Kepka, two hours, tweeted out, welfare check on Chambly. Oh, <laughs> man. Oh, my. Yikes. Zing. Yeah. But the PGA Tour looks so weak. Yeah, they do. And well, I know that the commissioner, Jay Monahan, is saying, well, it's given us opportunities we've never had before, you know, with the expanded the kind of, game. And they say resources. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You mean cash. You mean money. Yeah, it's just embarrassing. 
Okay, so that I'm, it's not just me that has that feeling. You're the same way. Like yeah. from the out, this looks bad for them. Oh. And then the Rory McIlroy's yeah. guys that have been, you know, very much alongside the PGA Tour and loyal to them. Mm-hmm. Oh man, yeah, you you just screwed those guys in a big way. Yeah, foot on your back. Here comes the bus. Yep, yep, yeah. It's well, plus the fact way. you mentioned something interesting, and that is that if you're on this live golf thing, you're at guaranteed deals. You're going to get paid whether you win or lose. Yes. I mean, that's a pretty sweet deal. Yeah. That's very Major League Baseball. Well, yes. and, you know, well, it's like the other sports. Yeah, yeah all of them. Yeah. You know, and it, it had been talked about, you know, for a long time that there was going to be some sort of rival league, but they never had the cash until the Saudis came to the table with Greg Norman, and then it happened. I'm just, I'm really surprised that this whole thing went down. So I'm sure there's going to be more on oh, yeah. that a little bit later on. You know, this is so frustrating right now. We'll get into it a little bit later. The whole Joe Biden family corruption thing. It, half the country doesn't know. I'm just going to keep saying it. Half the country doesn't know. Media, so, media won't cover it. It's just frustrating. Because I can't remember a time in the history of this country where you would have a president with, you know, this many breadcrumbs leading to the trail of total corruption that it's just not covered at all. Yeah. It. It's very unfortunate. Um, would you say that you're a fan of Martha Stewart? Either one. This is the Mark Levan Camp and Robin show. Either one. Martha Stewart. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't uh, until I saw the Sports Illustrated uh, swimsuit photos. But now you are. Now I am, yes. You think you could work for her? No. No, I couldn't. So, define work. Like work for one of her companies to where you were one of her, you know, inside people that she relied on and needed to talk to you, you know, maybe oh, at any time. It, I don't know if you want to work for her. There's a new interview out with Martha Stewart. You'd be the pool boy. I think you might be a little old for that, Scott. <laughs> Damn. Maybe just a tad. We'll get that in a news update straight ahead right here. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, allegations against Joe Biden, just hearsay. (laughs) Yeah, isn't that something? Uh, So House Republicans came out yesterday and said that the feds are still actively investigating Joe Biden and presumably related to these bribery allegations that we haven't seen the details of just yet. Uh, It happened back when he was vice president. They're trying to get unclassified access to a form that details those allegations. The FBI won't hand it all over because... Well, according to Republicans, it's part of an ongoing investigation. Meanwhile, Democrats are scrambling to find excuses for this, and one of them is Representative Jamie Raskin, who helped lead the charge to impeach Donald Trump, was part of the whole January 6th committee and all that nonsense. Mm -hmm. He says, hey, you know, this is pretty unreliable because (laughs) it's just, wait for it, it's hearsay. Okay. A confidential human source reporting a conversation with someone else. So what we're talking about is secondhand hearsay. uh, And they did whatever um, investigative due diligence was called for in that assessment period. And they found no reason to escalate it from an assessment assessment to a so-called preliminary investigation. Yeah. He just loses people with that. Yeah. Which is what he's trying to do. Oh, totally. It's just throw words at the wall and hope that people's eyes glaze over. 
But it is interesting when people did follow up and they said, no, 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 James Comer, Republican Representative James Comer, is saying, no, it's actually an ongoing investigation. That's what the FBI is saying right now. And he scrambles. He can't answer that question. It's just rich to me, considering the first impeachment was based on a phone call that somebody overheard, even though they weren't actually on the call. But that mm-hmm. was supposed to, we must protect whistleblowers at all costs. Bah, 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 bah. But now it's like, well, this is about a conversation that somebody overheard. Bah, it's all hearsay. See, it's fine. If it's for us, you know, the orange man bad, evil, right. and we're the forces of good, so trust right. us. Mm-hmm. Did you okay. see what John Kirby said yesterday? What did he say? He said eh, it raises no concerns about national security. And they said, have you read it? Well, no, but I know it doesn't raise. Right. It's just, well, what are we doing here? <laughs> I I don't know what's there, but it raises no concerns. The two words deep state don't mean anything anymore, <laughs> do they? Can no. you lie better than that? I mean, that's what it is. I don't know if you need to come up with some new wording for it, whatever. And, I, you know, for those of us that thought, okay, that might be a bit much to call it a deep state. No, it is. Yeah. Whoever knew that 10 years ago, you were right. Absolutely. But again, most people in the country don't know what's Jeez. even happening. Wow. You know what, man? I've said this many times, and I think both you guys agree that you feel like most people in the country, if, you know, armed with the facts, would make pretty good decisions. And then you see a poll like this and you question it. And I saw this at Daily Wire. And the headline said, less than half of Democrats oppose schools counseling children about gender without parental consent. And I thought, really? Man. Only 44% of Democrats said they are opposed to schools counseling children on their sexual orientation and gender identity without parental knowledge. That's from Rasmussen. Mm -hmm. Would you have believed that, Scott? The only thing I can say about that is they know Republicans are against it, so therefore they're for it. Well, we're talking about kids, I I understand that, but I'm just saying that the people that are out front of this thing talking the most about it are Republicans and conservatives, and they feel like if they are against it, then I've got to be for it. I'd also just add in one data point that may help explain some of this. Okay. Is that a, a fairly sizable uh, section of self-identified Democrats are liberal women who don't have kids? Oh, it's true. Yeah. And if you don't have kids, it's like you don't have skin in the game. Yeah. You, it's like, okay, well, yeah. So it's all theoretical, right? Right. Yes. Well, I think all of us could say your outlook on the world changed a whole lot once you had a kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Does for a lot of people. Yep. Yeah. Um, so if you're thinking, well, how was the question asked to these people? It was, should schools and teachers be allowed to counsel students on their sexual and gender identities without parental knowledge or consent? So the majority of Americans, 60%, are against that. But it was only 44% of Democrats. As far as Republicans, it was 75% who opposed schools counseling kids on. Right, we don't know and, what the crosstabs were, though, back <clears throat> to David's point. I mean, we you know, don't know. I, was, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to go out and say if only 75% of Republicans yeah. are against it, opposed to the idea of this, then we got some work to do. Agreed. Totally agree with that. Um, oh, I mentioned Martha Stewart 
earlier, real quick, kind of a lighter note. I just happened to see part of this interview. Um, and in this piece, it talks about, well, the pandemic made a lot of people realize that work isn't life. There's more to life than just your job, mm -hmm. you know, and there should be a boundary between the two. And if you have that thought, you probably wouldn't want to work for Martha Stewart. This was out of the New York Post. Um, in the interview, she said she called an employee on a Sunday. The guy told her he couldn't talk because he was taking a bath. Okay, that. just hold on to your commentary on that for a second. She said, I knew I couldn't work with that person. I just couldn't. She said, if you can't talk on a Sunday and you take umbrage that I'm calling you on a Sunday, you know, if you're a terribly religious person, I take that into consideration. But I knew this guy was not a terribly religious person. It's exciting. Business is exciting. I want people to feel that way about business, said Martha Stewart. Mm -hmm. Okay, thoughts uh, on that? Yeah. Nobody likes to be called on a Sunday by their boss. Nobody. Nobody. But she wants those sort of people yeah, around Yeah, well, her. I don't want to be that person then. Okay. I take back. Whatever I said, I take back. I don't want to work for Martha Stewart. And so when you're taking a bath on a Sunday, Scott. Yeah. You don't want to be bothered. When I'm taking a bath on a Tuesday. I don't want to be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get into that conversation. Do dudes take baths? Do they? I can't. No. No? About, I don't know. I what about the cold plunge? I haven't, well, you do that. The, occasionally. Yeah. Yeah. No, I haven't taken Different. a bath. Oh, God. I don't know how long. Decades. Can you save that audio, David? Well, I mean, it sounds out of, taken out of context. <laughs> that sounds really bad. Yeah, I haven't Saved. taken it back in decades. decades. <laughs> I like to be natural. It's my man scent mm. everywhere I go. Yeah. Swimming in a tepid pool of your own stew, <laughs> mm, buddy. Anyway, yeah, Martha Stewart says her work ethic is probably a lot more than most, but she wants to be surrounded by those types of people. So there you go. Um, so AI, we hear the warnings all the time. Yeah. Okay, on a level one to ten, how concerned are you about AI in the next two years, David? I'm at a ten. I'm at a nine. Okay, this it, freaks me the hell out. What do you think could happen? Like worst case scenario with AI? It, yeah, I'm not going full on Skynet or anything like that just okay. yet. But but it is with the presidential election and these deep fakes are getting so good. Yep. And so effective. Uh, you are you already can't trust what you see on the news. You really do have to read at least three different versions of any news story to even have come close to understanding what it is that's happening. It's true. You throw in a deep fake video. I it, it's chaos, dude. I, I that's yeah. why I'm at a ten. Same for you, Scott. I'm going to leave a bit of optimism there that there will be laws that will prevent this sort of thing coming. But well, that scares I, me I, even more. Well, See, it, yeah, I, I, like, I understand, oh but I but I get what you're saying, David. I mean, we played we played some of these deep fakes. Well, before you know, I can play one in a second. Um, but I brought that up just because I saw another AI story, and this was you know students using AI for assignments, the Chat GPT, and this kid was using it to do his homework, but he got caught. You know, writing a paper. Um, and so the story goes, you know, the CEO of this company talks about his nephew getting caught using it on his seventh grade English homework. Oh, jeez. Um, 
in the image of the homework, the line, as an AI language model, I don't have personal expectations or opinions. That's highlighted in yellow. <laughs> okay. He just copied verbatim what the chatbot had said. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so if you're a teacher and all of a sudden the seventh grader is using words like poignant, yeah. you're like, okay, right. that's not really you. Um, and, you know, different people, you know, say, yeah, you can use it, but, yeah, you got to change the, the bigger words right. into something that's in your own language sort of thing, and <laughs> no, people can do that. No, no seventh grader is saying on we. Exactly. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Have you guys messed around with this thing at all, the chat GPT? I haven't, no. I'm afraid of it. Mm -mm. Okay. It's it's crazy. It is. I I did a few things with my son-in-law of like it would we would say explain this or how to handle this situation and it could be a personal sort of thing how would you handle this explain and it all of a sudden and these paragraphs just start popping up right in front of you and you're like this is crazy man and it's it's not bad as far as the actual information or how you would handle different situations kind of nuts jeez yeah i mean it's I mean, if you use that for nefarious reasons, though, holy cow. Yes. Man. I understand why people are worried about it. Yeah. Now, like anything, there could be a bad side. There could be a good side. And the good side would be that deep fake that we've had requests for I don't know how Millions many times. Millions of times. With Ron DeSantis. Yeah. And the deep fake. And this all came about after, was it Trump that first put it out there that DeSantis ate pudding with his fingers? No. Or was it somebody else? I, I think it was maybe Politico. Okay. Somebody, yeah, that he ate pudding with his fingers, and then Trump puts out an ad as well, and that, that you know, it took it it, it took on right. a life of its own. It did. Yes, Trump put out the yeah, ad after the, that. Then a guy named uh, or calls himself uh, Jim Treacher put out a fake AI generated version of Ron DeSantis defending himself eating pudding with his fingers. Roll it. I just want to make one thing perfectly clear. You're right. I ate pudding with my fingers. I'm Ron DeSantis. If I want to eat pudding with my fingers, I do it. I don't give a shit. Who's going to stop me? You? Get the out of my face. I'll eat whatever I want with any utensils I feel like. Pizza with a fork. Bring it on. Cheerios out of an empty coffee can with a back scratcher. Zero given. Your mother. Raw. Been there. Done that. And it happened again. I think it's the seventh time we've had it on the show. And I always get to that point to see, all right, will Robin still laugh every single time? <laughs> Dude, so David was doing good. He was stoic there. And then here it came. Your mother's raw. Raw. <laughs> raw. Been there. Done that. And that's that's the tipping point right there. That's where you're like, oh, my gosh. This something is about is your, uh, your anger enriches me or empowers me or something. Oh, yeah. They're finishing Your off. rules don't apply to me. Your scorn fills me with joy. <laughs> I am a superstar. Step to me and I'll drop you like I'm dropping this mic. Do not ever with me again. <laughs> scorn fills me with joy. <laughs> uh, sorry, I can't wait to hear. David has it. White liberal women using their privilege. Straight ahead. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. <laughs> Saw the headline, David had white liberal women use their privilege to demand a gun ban. That, that's not even really my headline. 
That that's actually what. Uh, okay, so here's the story. I, wow. I just want to read for you the CNN story. Okay. Uh, hundreds of white women gathered at the Colorado Capitol to use their privilege in a silent sit-in to demand Governor Jared Polis ban guns and create a gun buyback program. The sit-in also comes amid a national debate over gun control. And nearly two months after Polis signed into law four gun control bills, including one to expand the state's red flag law. Now, there's a group called Here for the Kids, and it calls for white women to peacefully do a sit-in until anyone signs, until, until the governor, a Democrat, uh, signs an executive order banning guns. This group was founded by a couple of uh, women named Sarah Rao, uh, who's South Asian American, and Tina Strawn, who's black. Now, the first woman I mentioned, I believe she was part of the organization that did the uh, the dinner with women of color thing, where basically okay. you had a nice dinner with a bunch of white ladies and had white right. ladies talk about how racist they were. <laughs> it was yes. this weird thing, man. Yeah. I mean, they're really good at needling that, that guilt of well-off liberal women. It's crazy. Um, so Strawn told CNN, the movement calls for white women to be at the forefront of the sit-in because, quote, we know what happens when we show up with demands, insinuating that if you had a sit-in at the Colorado State Capitol, you'd get killed. Are you joking me? It's, oh, it's insufferable. It's we, always people are dying or we're going to get yeah, killed. She it, said, it always is. We're always the one whose bodies are in the most danger and at the most risk. So okay. it appealed to me very much that this was actually a time when we are asking black folks and other marginalized and vulnerable communities to sit this one out and allow the white women and their privileged bodies, their privilege, and their power to show up. It's time for them to show up. Okay, I don't have the current stats, but you've talked about them before, David. Um, the demographic that percentage-wise has bought more guns in the last two to three years. Oh, it's black women. So you want to take away yeah. the rights of black women to protect themselves. Mm. Pretty racist. It sounds pretty racist to me. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not even so much racist. I mean, it's it's really just a, it's a it it communism. I mean, that's really what what they're after. Yes. It's Marxism. It's disarming the public mm -hmm. uh through any means necessary. And in this case, it's guilting people into trying to give up their arms. I, I still don't know what the demands actually are. The governor of Colorado cannot sign a, a, an executive order banning guns. That's laughably unconstitutional. Yes. Well, whenever you are asking specifics when it comes to this topic, people won't give them. No. Well, they, yeah, part of the interview they said that, well, the reason we can have strict gun laws in the state of Colorado, but the problem is people go and buy them in other states and come back to Colorado. Like, even that, if you're a Colorado resident, uh, no, you can't do that, actually. You can't just cross a state line. I mean, you physically can, but you, you're still buying it out of the back of somebody's trunk. You're not, you're not going to a gun shop. They're not going to no. sell it to you. Do you feel like the more people get educated on that topic, the more they are for the Second Amendment? Yeah, because, I mean, the left-wing talking points are shrill and ignorant. Yeah, not based in fact. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Are you ready? 
Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, and Scott Robbins. Did we just become best friends? Yep. Making sense of it all. Now I get it. And having some fun. Lighten up, Francis. This is the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. <laughs> the Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. <laughs> okay, there is a whole lot to get to. Where do you want to start this hour, David? Well, let's start here with uh, Corrine Jean-Pierre, the White House okay. press secretary and toddler falling down a well survival, survivor. <laughs> um, or, or was she the one who got kicked by a mule? I don't remember now. She's not very bright. No. So big news uh, in the sports and geopolitical world today is the Saudi-backed Live Golf Tour has merged with the PGA. And the PGA, you know, a year ago was talking about how this is blood money. And if you go on that tour, you're not allowed on our tour. And, oh, this is terrible. And they had all of the golf media here saying, no, this is terrible. Uh, Mm -hmm. We cannot partner with the Saudis because they are just terrible on human rights. Until they, I guess saw the number of zeros on a check from the Saudis and said, okay, we're going right, well, we'll look, we'll look the other way then. All right. Yeah. It was strange because I saw part of the interview with Jay Monahan, the PGA tour commissioner, um, explaining how it came about with, uh, the money backer from live golf. And they, he said it started out with a lunch and then we played around to golf and then we had lunch the next day and we just were having these conversations. Yeah. And obviously, those conversations included a lot of zeros. Yes. Yes, it did. Um, so anyway, the White House was asked if they had any comment on this. Because, you know, human rights uh, and protection of human rights, that is something that Joe Biden is never afraid to speak. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> no, yeah, right. That no. president fist bump with the crown prince over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they were asked. Uh, she was asked, okay, do you have any comment on this? Good question. When it comes to human rights, as we have said over and over again, this is something that the president has been very clear about and has brought that up uh, with leaders that he's met with. And so that is never anything that we shy away from. Uh, but on this particular merger, we're just not going to uh, comment from here. Well, why? why? Yeah. Hmm. Very interesting. I don't know. There's a whole lot of people commenting. Mm-hmm about it online wondering what happened with the pga tour and, I, and to be fair it's also the european tour they've also merged everybody caved so it's it's yeah. you know all together and you know you hear this well it's for the betterment of the game and uh, you know according to the statistics the game is as big as it's ever been worldwide uh, okay but this is to make it even better and we're going to have these opportunities i I don't quite understand what that means. And you had the PGA Tour, which was a nonprofit, and now it's, well, part of it will be nonprofit. Part of it is going to be for-profit. It's the way I understand it. Still kind of new news and trying to make sense of the business part of it. We don't know how much money we're talking about here. No. But a crap load, I think, would be, you know, probably accurate. I just think it's it's so pathetic how the White House gets away with this kind of stuff, though. Yeah. And they talk about we're never shy about weighing oh. in on human rights abuses, except when it's not politically advantageous for us or easy for us to do so. I mean, it's like 
my wife asking me, David, what is this charge on the on the bank records for Cowgirl Central Gentleman's Rodeo? Uh, listen, you know, I'm, I'm never afraid to open up the books and budget with you, okay? I'm just not going to comment on that at this time. Uh, that's funny. You know what, man? This reminds me of the whole Phil Mickelson thing, too. Okay, and, and I'm paraphrasing this, but we talked about it when the Mickelson book came out, and, you know, he was just in a bad way. He stayed away from the PGA Tour before he announced he was going to live golf. Right. Because he said it was off the record, but the writer didn't say or didn't think it was off the record. And Mickelson had said he was using leverage with the Saudi-backed league to get things done with the PGA Tour. And when he talked about the Saudis, he said, quote, they're scary mother bleepers, man. They killed Khashoggi. (laughs) Remember that quote? Yeah. 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 And so then he had, from what I understand, he had to go apologize. And then that's not exactly what I meant, Saudi-backed league. And he still defected to go there. But, I mean, he was ostracized in a big way. He did tweet out today, what a great day. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be really interesting to see where all this goes. Okay. Um, There was another piece of audio we had to get to. Oh, I know what it was. We... We have the climate change that was predicted. I think we have 17 days left until we all die. Yeah, we're going to die really? in 17 days. Yeah. That was predicted five years ago. How By dare God. you forget? By Greta. Mm. Yes. 17 days to uh, get right with Jesus, David. Well, I'm, I'm just saying, if you, 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 you still have a little bit of time to plant the crisis garden and buy yeah. guns and ammo and get right with Jesus. It's just a little more than two weeks away now. Well, wait a second. Is that going to save you from the climate debacle? It's going to take everybody? Build a bunker. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, you got the bunker. You got the you got the herbs growing. You've got your lettuce and all that stuff. And I, I've, I've become really good at farming crickets, personally. Oh, good nice. Good source of protein. Easy to keep a lot of them. Easy to reproduce. You know? Yeah. yeah I'm a cricket farmer now. Okay. Um, let's, well, check, let's check today's stock exchange. <laughs> <laughs> Crickets are up 12% because of something David Van Camp said. I'm a cricket farmer. Oh, buddy. Um, Looking at Chicago now. and David's, David's two children are now showing crickets at the fair. <laughs> I bring this up uh, so I could play a piece of audio. And I've played audio from this guy before. He is entertaining to me. Um, I know that uh, there's been a few times this guy has spoke, David. You are not a huge fan uh, because when he has spoken about different things, he's usually ripping on Biden, and he's mm. from Australia. Yeah. And you're like, hey, if it's our own people, that's fine. I don't yeah. need you from Australia ripping on right. our guy. Yeah, exactly. Okay. I think you'll like this, though. This is Alan Jones from Australia talking about climate change and how wrong that they've gotten it, basically. And he gets sort of deep in the weeds with some of these facts, but the way he delivers it, I thought was worth a listen. Carbon dioxide is 0.04 of a percent of the atmosphere. That is over the whole world. Human beings create only 3% of that 0.04% over the whole world. And Australia, human beings, manufacturers, cows breaking wind, bushfires, are responsible for 1.3% of the three percent, of the point oh four percent. Okay, you got all the math so far. Wow, yeah, I yeah. think I, I think I do. It's yeah. Tiny, right? Very small. Okay, 
Is anyone seriously suggesting that we should stand the economy on its head, force up energy prices, damage business, jeopardise employment because 0.04% of the atmosphere is carbon dioxide and coal produces carbon dioxide? Where is there a political leader who'll stand in the public place and say this is unadulterated rubbish and we are damaging our children? Forget the economy. Forget the fact that energy prices will go through the roof if we rely solely on renewable energy. I'm worried about our kids. Well, yeah, that makes sense. Having fed this garbage from kindergarten to primary school to secondary school to university in the media, in business, in politics, it's a disease. And it seems to have us by the throat. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because you know what happens if you start to tell someone, you know, I don't buy everything that they're selling about all the climate stuff. Climate denier! Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I've mentioned mm -hmm. this before, but... I mean, I know, I know personally people who are very intelligent. Yeah. I mean, very intelligent. I consider them uh, uh, friends and family members and whatnot, including one who is literally a scientist. And uh, we were talking about, you know, the the politics around climate change. And I just brought up: Are you aware that because they had brought up like hurricanes increasing in frequency and in uh, in frequency and intensity? And I but said, they're are, not. are you aware that that's actually not true? They're, right. they're not actually increasing in frequency or intensity. Uh, the damage assessments have gotten bigger because more people are living on the coast now, and there are better monitoring, uh, ways of monitoring what's happening in the Atlantic Ocean and the Gulf of Mexico. And, and they just wouldn't believe it. I had to actually pull up the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA. I had to actually pull up their website the part about climate change and hurricanes where they say, ah, we then, no, we, we can't actually look at climate change and say that there's been increased activity. Right. But they take it as gospel because Al Gore told them that yes. it was true. You know, and if you haven't noticed this, and people have documented it, where we were five years ago, like, you know, say it's a good morning America, whatever, and they're doing the weather. All of a sudden, it's this red pattern when the temperature gets over 85 degrees, okay? <laughs> where it used to be just green, where they would show the graphic, it's to alarm you. It's just that little subtle influence that they have over people. And just speak of it like fact. Now, I had that one clip, it was months ago. Was it Roker, someone with NBC that just spoke like it was fact that climate change caused something in Texas? Yeah, no, it was it was a while back, but yeah, it was floods in in Dallas Fort Worth. Yes, that was it. And yeah, the the reporter on the Today Show said, yeah, the flooding caused by climate change. Right. It sometimes floods in Dallas, Texas. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but right. I mean, wow. Okay, moving on. Interview with a furry. Who's ready? Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a movie, a Tarantino movie or something. It's not Interview with a Vampire. Yeah, interview with a Furry. That's great. So we were led to believe that there was this huge backlash among furries to Ron DeSantis because a furry convention decided to ban minors from taking part. Uh, apparently, there wasn't actually much backlash. The people who put on the convention just didn't want to risk running afoul of the law, and generally, kids don't go to that convention anyway. Uh, so... Uh, and this has to do with the Florida law that, uh, you know, puts in the crosshairs adult entertainment being performed in the presence of kids. Right. Uh, Jesse Waters, though, on Fox News interviewed a furry. He is a guy named David Kanazka. Uh, okay. Yeah. Anyway. Kanazka. Yeah. 
Roll it. All right, David, how old are you? Uh, I'm 32. And what are you supposed to be dressed up as here? Well, currently, I'm a raccoon. <laughs> and why are you dressed up mm. as a raccoon? Well, isn't it fun? So why do you want kids around people dressed up as squirrels getting spanked? Uh, me, personally, I don't. I, I think that it's, uh, it, it's uh, definitely an adult-only environment for that. Uh, the furry conventions themselves don't have anything to do with that, though. The furry conventions themselves are really about community and, and bringing people together. You know, a lot of us, uh, we're not so socially, uh, uh, it's a little bit tough. What? You know, okay. it's easy to make fun of furries. Uh, we're, un we're misunderstood as a group. Yeah, Scott. Can you put on your understanding hat for no, a second? No, I can't. No. Come on. You're an adult man who dresses up like an animal. <laughs> <laughs> no. You're a nut. No. A raccoon currently. I don't care. what. Currently, he's got more, I'm sure. Yes. Yeah, I actually. And okay. I, I looked this guy up, and uh, his previous uh, costume that made him famous was a white lion that sometimes he would prance around in and do lion things in. Yeah. Roaring. He would dance to the music of White Lion. We're misunderstood. <laughs> what? And uh, it's very easy to uh, vilify us. Okay. Do you blame yourself at all for being misunderstood? Yeah. I mean, you're the one dressed up as a raccoon. Oh, absolutely. I think that this is absolutely crazy and weird and fun. Uh, and, and that's the point. I think, you know, it's supposed all to right. gain attention. Well, just keep, keep the kids away. That's it. Do whatever you want to do. <laughs> you were just saying, yeah, the, the, just... keep the kids out. And what was the bit on spanking squirrels? Holy smokes. Okay. Okay, I'm confused. Spanking squirrels. Okay. It's an already going to look that up. <laughs> yes. We'll have a news update and more on spanking squirrels straight ahead. <laughs> the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. Okay, I saw this headline, New York Post. Didn't exactly know what it meant reading this story, and it is concerning uh, for males in America. But the headline was, Why More U.S. Men Are Falling Victim to Japan's Antisocial Hikikomori Trend. Hmm. Hikikomori. Hikikomori. Is that what killed David Carradine? Not well, maybe. No. They could kill There's Kurt. more to it than just that okay. activity. I think it killed Curly. This is 1.5 million guys in Japan, this affects. And so as the story goes, in the United States, it's experiencing its own form of hikikomori. hikikomori. So the fact that 7 million men of prime working age in America are currently without employment and not seeking jobs, mm -hmm. that's a problem. Uh, yeah, that's a huge problem. Podcaster had brought this up and said, okay. Many of these guys spend inordinate amounts of time indoors, totally withdrawn from society. They play video games. They watch porn. They tend to engage in heavy drug use. Um, and there's a whole book about it called Men Without Work. Okay. So in Japan at a university, they found that a low testosterone level is one of the common metabolic signatures in hikikomori. In young, you know, males that just don't engage with people in society. And it's important to note because, you know, testosterone levels among young American men are plummeting, have been for years. We've talked about that before. You see the studies are like, what is happening? The drop now reportedly affects one in four men in the United States. 
And then it goes in in the story talking about it's commonly assumed that testosterone fuels antisocial behavior. Toxic masculinity. Yeah. Too much testosterone. It was James Cameron, the director. Oh, yeah. Claimed that testosterone is a toxin that needs to be worked out at one system. Okay. Remember that nonsense? But that is not supported by science. There's no evidence that suggests that men with higher levels of testosterone are overly aggressive or violent. You need a certain level of testosterone. Yeah, of course. On the contrary, testosterone has been linked to more social behavior in males. Low testosterone levels in males are associated with social anxiety and socially submissive or avoidant behaviors. And then you have a bigger risk of depression. And that's where you see a lot of these males in America now. It's the low testosterone and it's video games and it's porn and whatever. And some of these guys then end up losing their minds. And who knows what happens then. Mm -hmm. But I thought that was really interesting. And as I'm reading that story, I'm also looking at coverage because today is D-Day. And you remember what those men went through storming the beaches. And all this nonsense of toxic masculinity. Yeah. It saved the world. 18, 19 years old. Unbelievable, man. Yeah. This is the Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. Okay, biggest story of the day, David, if there's one. If there's one, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I think it's pretty uh, remarkable that in 17 days, uh, we're apparently going to all die from climate change. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So... That's on the radar, of course, naturally. Get your countdowns ready. You know, say goodbye to your loved ones. Make plans. Well, I don't think the people that were saying that five years ago are still saying it now. Oh, they're not. Oh, okay. So wouldn't that mean that, okay, then we've made all these gains? Yeah. Because, no, you always have to have the crisis. Yeah. That's how you make money. Uh, also, I think it's pretty interesting that in a major U.S. city, left-wing activists are calling for war. And it doesn't okay. seem to be a national crisis. It's weird. Wow. And you have a montage yeah. of this. Oh, I can't wait to get to that. Straight ahead. The Markley Van Camp and Robin Show. I'm Jamie Markley, the Gen Xer. The millennial David Van Camp. The sexy boomer. Scott Robbins. We've got the trifecta. Coming up uh, in just a few. No, I haven't taken Different. a bath. Oh, God. I don't know how long. <laughs> Decades. Jesus. That was from earlier in the show. <laughs> oh, man. Taken completely out of context, by the way. What do you mean? I shower every day. Okay, that's good. Yeah. It sounds like I'm just a I know. rotting stink. That's why they call you Stinky Scott. Stinky. <laughs> Ace. Ace. Stinky. Okay, uh, so there was a meeting last night in Atlanta. Yeah. Uh, city Council. Yeah. And it, it was entertainment at its finest, you tell us, Dave. It, it was in a, lot of, in a lot of ways, but man, okay, so the setup is this. It was a long... Uh, city council meeting because they were talking about what left-wing terrorists and i don't just throw that word around i mean they there there are members of these groups that have been charged as terrorists yeah uh who are uh protesting something that they call cop city it's a very large complex uh that will eventually be used to train police officers uh sheriff's deputies emts and the like and they're 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 not very pleased with this i mean one of one of the terrorists got killed by a cop after taking after shooting at a cop uh yes they've left, that's what happens they've left potentially deadly booby traps in the area where the construction is going on 
Uh, they've destroyed heavy equipment. I mean, it's been an absolute nightmare. And for some reason, I mean, again, if, they, if this is Proud Boys doing something oh, at, at the site of a future Planned Parenthood or Pride Center, yeah. mm-hmm. this is front page news every single day until the, uh, until the situation is resolved. This has been going on for months. Agreed. Anyway, uh, these people who showed up at the Atlanta City Council meeting were actually talking in terms of warfare last night. I have a little montage that I put together of some of the highlights of people warfare saying... Warfare because they don't like police? Yeah, that, that they consider this a war. All right, roll it. Everyone that votes yes to this will be an enemy of the black community. There seems to be no limit to the violence police are willing to direct. Wars have been fought over much less. There is nothing more dangerous than pretending that we live at peace when you've declared war on us. This is our city. We do not answer to any of these cowards. Holy smokes, man. I'm telling you, man. I'm not saying you just go in there and start spraying. But it's 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 time to go in weapons hot, man. Oh yeah, you you can't clear out this to not the city that. council chambers, but, no. but where these terrorists yeah. have been dug in like ticks. Yeah, they, you got to get they got to go. It's time yeah. to start cracking skulls. Okay, so three years ago we hear we don't want no more police. Is that clear? That's on steroids now in Atlanta. Yeah, they're they're acting. They're on a wartime footing right now. Be careful what you ask for. It, and realistically, I mean... And based on what? Nothing. Nothing. They're left-wing terrorists. That's what they are. Yes. Um, where is the DOJ? Where's Merrick Garland in talking yeah. about this? He seems so... He and the FBI director, Christopher Ray seem so concerned about domestic terrorism. Where is he? Where are they on That's this particular question. issue? Why aren't they going in there and putting as many resources as humanly possible into resolving this situation, hopefully as peacefully as possible. You would hope. But but these people they want did not war. sound like reasonable, peaceful people. Yeah. No, they want war till they get it. Yeah. Uh, yes. Oh my goodness, man. That is So you can't insanity. tolerate this stuff. This stuff's not you can't tolerate this. Well, Merrick Garland is too busy. He's getting ready to indict Trump. This can't be allowed to stand. You just can't do this. Holy smokes. People throwing around accusations like that and hyperbole and nonsense. Hold on a second. I want to hear the first part of that again. Sorry, man. Then we'll we'll move on to the trifecta. This This is really something. Everyone that votes yes to this will be an enemy of the black community. And how do you get to just speak for the black community? Because as we know, there are plenty in the black community that are not down with that message. There seems to be no limit to the violence police are willing to direct wars. Based on what? I shouldn't even try to understand. No. Even though we've been taught, you know, you really try to understand people where no. they're coming from. There, There's no understanding no. with this. this you know, whatever it. happened with the Buckhead, like, succeeding from Atlanta? They were going to succeed. I from think this. they're moving on with that. Uh, that's what I thought, too. They're just like, we've had enough. We're not doing this yeah. anymore. That was the whole plan. I don't know, man. Merrick Garland. Give me a break. Uh, I haven't thought about uh, that question. Uh, uh, I just haven't thought about that question. I I, I think, uh, you know, the the president has uh, made clear that we are uh, in a a question of Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. How many cities have to be ruined? I mean, just ruined. 
That's part of the plan, man. Golly. I mean, you, dude, we do it every day. You start to try to make sense of something, and then you have to go back to, no, that's exactly what they want to happen. Mm-hmm. And you can articulate it way better than me, David, with cultural Marxism and tearing apart a society. Yeah. It's that, the only thing that makes sense. Yeah, that's the goal. It's, it's the complete upheaval of what they see as the great enemy, which is Western and particularly uh, particularly the American system of government and capitalism. They see that as the ultimate root of all evil. For them, it's a it's a religious battle. Right. That's well said. Are right, you ready for your trifecta? Yeah, let's go, set? man. Let's do it. Okay, let's do it then. Are you ready? One, two, look at you It's the three most important news stories of the day. I hit the trifecta. Well, at least according to Scott Robbins. It's the trifecta on the Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Every day this time, Scott Robbins' trifecta. Help fight his hero. I'm Casey Kasich. Hey, man, bowling this weekend, don't forget. Gotcha. Okay. I'm ready. Bring your ball. Three. Number three, you're telling me there are... uh, uh, new three R's in public education. Yeah. Reading, writing, reparations. The 1619 Project Education Network, oh. in conjunction with the Pulitzer Center, has released a brand new curriculum for high school students that will convert some math classes into discussions of reparations and racial justice. Students will be asked to work out math on a payment for the past years of slavery and racial discrimination. A 2020 report found that prior 1619 Project curriculum proposals have been adopted by over 3,500 classrooms across all 50 states. Now, the program, Reparations Math and Reparations History, is designed to have the students apply their math skills and research into historical wealth gaps in the United States and an analysis of different reparation models to an investigation into whether or not reparations should be paid to the descendants of enslaved people in the U.S. So, see, you take the math and the history, you combine them, and this is the project. Mm -hmm. Well, if you award test scores with reparations, at least from the test scores I've seen from a lot of these schools, they're not going to get a penny because they can't pass them. You know, maybe you've got a plan there. Reparations handed out by incentivized test scores. Again, yeah, all free, part free of destroying the country. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh well, yeah, it's it's all it's all in on Marxist supremacy. I'll, I'll just call it that. Yeah, that's well said. So they're going to take now the on with the countdown. It's yes, silly. Okay, up to number two. Uh, number two. What do we got here? Brett Favre. Favre uh, has weighed in on men playing women's sports. Yeah, hmm. people on the left not happy with Favre's thoughts, uh, meaning, of course, that. He's making perfect sense. I'm going to quote him here, and this is something we've said on this show before. Brett Favre said on a podcast, I can't believe we're even having this conversation about guys being able to play the in, or, or being able to go into the girls' bathroom. I know there's way more to it than that, but I got daughters, man. <laughs> so he also believes the days of civility and just minding your own damn business are long gone. Said, I think the days of I wake up, I do what I'm supposed to do, I do the right thing, I go to work, I pay my taxes, and I expect everyone else to do the same thing. We just live in harmony. Those days, my friends, are over. So if we don't start speaking up and pushing back and uniting, it's going to be even worse than it is now. Amen. Yeah. Well, you know it's something when Brett Favre, as you as a Chicago Bears fan, well, diehard, yeah. are aligning with Brett Favre, all, you know it's coming what, what good. What did he say that was controversial here? 
Oh, nothing. To me is uh, the line, it's way more complicated than that. It's not more complicated than that. Well, you're right. Yeah. Side note, the Brett Favre book, it's not a biography. It was, no, Yes, it was a biography. Gunslinger? Yeah. Jeff Perlman? Yeah. Wow, what a great read that is. Jeff Perlman's wild. great, too. Yeah. Holy smokes, yeah. man. I got to read that. Yeah, it's it's good. Now, on with the countdown. Yes, Casey, it's the Scott Robbins trifecta top three of the day up to number one. Uh, Ellen Page, who calls herself Elliot Page now, yeah, um, says she was targeted by a transphobic person in Los Angeles. Yeah, uh, she mm-hmm. uh, she shared a story about a what she described a chilling transphobic attack outside an L.A. hotel. Two large black guys approached her and yelled, "This is mega country." No, wait, wait, that was. <laughs> <laughs> That's wrong. That was Juicy Smollett, right? <laughs> yes. uh, yeah. She uh, said, and this 36, by the way, staying on the corner in West Hollywood on his way to the Pink Dot convenience store when an enraged and hateful stranger just out of nowhere approached him shouting obscenities, saying, I'm going to blanking gay bash you, blanket. The man yelled, forcing the actor to bolt toward the store in fear. Employees at the Pink Dot <laughs> escorted a terrified Paige into the shop, but the man allegedly followed him and stood at the front of the doorway. This is why I need a gun, the maniac reportedly <laughs> said. The claim just so happens to coincide with the book release, so we can be extra sure it's not all made up for publicity. Wow. Because there, th- there, there are people that are saying, no one says that. No one says, I'm going to blanking gay bash you. <laughs> people don't talk like that. I'm guessing no witnesses there. Yeah, there. Well, you got a, a person that corroborates it by saying there was a guy yelling at at, at Elliot outside the door, mm-hmm. but for no reason, this guy out of nowhere right. just decides here's what he's going to do. Okay, all right. And by the way, my book's it. coming out in yes. two days. Get sure to buy it. Then that's the Scott Robbins trifecta. Thank you, Scott. You're welcome. Appreciate it. All right, we got to get to another news update. And then, of course, Nimrod's in the news. Um, yeah, also, did you see Arnold Schwarzenegger has this whole Netflix series coming out? Yeah. And he's talked about some of his past and telling his wife, yeah, yeah. I did father this kid. Yeah. Oh, my God. It's all coming up right here. All right. The Markley Van Camp and Robbins Show. Jamie Markley, David Van Camp, Scott Robbins. News update, David Van Camp. I, this just, this is unbelievable. Uh, VA blasted for replacing American flag with pride flag at a veteran cemetery. No. Yeah, I'm just seeing this on uh, foxnews.com. Republican state leaders are demanding the American flag be reinstated at a veteran cemetery where some Mississippi residents noticed on Memorial Day it had been replaced with a rainbow LGBTQ flag for June Pride Month. This is at Biloxi National Cemetery and VA Medical Center. American flags were replaced with rainbow LGBTQ flags after the Secretary of Veterans Affairs, Dennis McDonough, authorized the flying of such flags above VA facilities. I'm thinking, man, today it's D-Day. Jeez. I mean... Nobody fought and died for the pride flag. No. Nobody <laughs> no. Nobody put their body and life on the line for America for the stupid rainbow flag. What a slap in the face. 
It really is, man. And, you know, if we were having this conversation off air, there wouldn't be so many silent parts. No, no, there there wouldn't be. Everyone wants to keep the show, and so no, no one is really going forth with what they want to say. Well never, done, Robbins. Way to show restraint. I, I never, ever, ever want to hear one of these alphabet mafia activists talk about marginalized communities again. Seriously, oh, they're waving yeah. the stupid... Fr- uh, the stupid pride flag over Joe a veteran cemetery. We, we see you. We see you. That's of disgusting, course it shoved man. down everybody's throat. That's why everyone's so sick of it. It's a joke. People are laughing at you. Only if Joe could see sandbags. <laughs> wow, man. No, dude. It, nice listen. attempt at, le- at providing some levity there. Yeah, I, God, I, I, I appreciate the yeah. effort. No, because, yeah. I mean, I agree with you guys. I got nothing to add to any of this. I mean, it's just ridiculous that we're dealing with this, but we are. No, and then if any of us say, you know what I'd like to see? A group of veterans. <laughs> right, I know. Then we can go down that road and, you know. Well, I'm not saying permanently injure. No. Just have, let's say, a stern talking to the people that made that decision. I think that might be a good idea. I mentioned this real quick. Um, a docuseries about Arnold Schwarzenegger. It's going to be on Netflix tomorrow. I don't know if you're aware, this dude's had a resurgence with younger dudes that lift a lot of weights. Really? Yeah, he's, he's like really held in high regard as like sort of the, the goat. Like the Babe Ruth of weightlifting. Yes, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Um, but anyway, apparently in the docuseries, they talk about how he had to tell his wife, Maria Shriver, that, yeah, the baby that was the housekeeper's was his. Golly. Remember when that whole thing broke? Yes. <laughs> Says Arnold does take responsibility. Said, I think I've caused enough pain for my family because of my bleep up. Everyone had to suffer. Maria had to suffer. The kids had to suffer. Joseph, his mother, everyone. But he did say, I don't, and this is, you know, he's a kid now. It's grown up. Yeah. Said, I don't want to make Joseph feel like he's not welcome in the world because he is very much welcomed in this world. I love him. He has turned out to be an extraordinary young man. That might be really interesting. Yeah, but I might get sucked in on that one. Yeah. Just saying. All right, we got to get to Nimrod. Roll it out. When the going gets tough. Damn it, this is too hard. The dumb get dumber. All right, Ian. It's Nimrod's in the news on the Martley, Van Camp, and Robbins show. I love the poorly educated. All right. Nimrod's in the news. Um, You go to Florida. Guy robbed a cell phone repair store. You know, he had to disguise himself. There were cameras around. So he put a cardboard box on his head. So he was seen on security cameras walking around with his box on his head. <laughs> the He's smashing burglar. the display cases, stealing phones. Oh, gosh. But at one point, he raised the box, apparently so he could see better, yeah. showed his face. Police used that image to identify him as 33-year-old Claude Griffin, yeah. arrested later the same day. Charged with grand theft, burglary, criminal mischief. It's always one of my favorites. Cocaine possession and resisting an officer. Stole 19 phones and eight grand. Wow. You, you got to keep the box on. Yeah. Defeats the purpose of taking off just for a look And that's Nimrod's in the news.